Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Ian Reynolds, a partner at ZibTech. Hopefully, I got that right. Software development out in Houston, Texas. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. So tell our listeners a little bit about what ZibTech is. What do you guys do? Sure. We're a custom software development firm. It really is just what we do, custom software development. We're not a do-everything firm. Uh, our principal areas of focus have been healthcare and finance. That being said, we have served pretty much every industry. We started as a tech ed company 15 years ago, grew a company from nothing, uh, built a product, and then sold it ultimately to Chegg. Uh, and then for the last 10 years, we've been providing services to the market. We had the opportunity to serve some really wonderful clients, Google and Adobe, uh, our clients of ours, and continue to expand our opportunities for our clients by uh, lowering the cost of engineering development and improving quality. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about software development could mean many different things. Can you give us some examples of some of the applications that you've built and how they have done? Obviously, we see the plaques on the wall. Sure. Yeah, you bet. So uh, one example is we helped with the Adobe LiveFire platform. Um, before it was the Adobe LiveFire platform, it was just the LiveFire platform. Uh, it was an independent entrepreneur who wanted to sort of build a product that would help folks maintain their digital presence across multiple different assets ultimately acquired by Adobe and we helped integrate it into the Adobe ecosystem. So when you go to Adobe and you pay for that product, uh, you're paying for a product that we built. So it's a, it's a, it's a great feeling. An- another example is uh, in the particular sort of healthcare space that I'll, that I'll talk about is we helped a MD PhD statistician build a tool that allows uh, for people doing post-op studies. So let's say somebody has a knee surgery and they want to, want to basically see how people have done after the fact in a systematically random way, uh, we build a tool that helps them, them put those uh, participants, those study participants, uh, in uh, sort of statistically randomized and, and uh, uh, blocks that allows basically MD, PhD statisticians or, or clinician groups or other groups to run those studies, those prospective studies, get that data back in a way that is meaningful uh, and statistically relevant, and then ultimately produce better outcomes through patient care. That is very cool. So how did you get into the software development business? Great, great question. So my background is started uh, sort of in the startup world right out of college 
and helped launch like eight different products to market and really got sick of living under my desk, so to speak, <laughs> and went, did the, the traditional MBA route and then into services, uh, then served in a sort of a traditional consulting and uh, investment banking type capacity for a number of years, had the opportunity to deploy some really large solutions for some enterprise clients on sort of the IT side, and then also spent a lot of time on the finance side. So had the opportunity to sort of see, see both worlds, ultimately wanted to get back to doing my own thing and uh, get not necessarily in the startup game, uh, but uh, in, with an established business, but kind of work for myself. And so I acquired 50% of ZipTech almost two and a half years ago now, and we've been doing really well ever since. Well, congratulations. That's an incredible journey. The longer version of that should probably be in a book. Um, <laughs> if you are, so who are your ideal clients? Ideal client is somebody who is, uh, they've got a you know, one to five year sort of time horizon for the project they're looking to execute. And they're not necessarily an engineering firm or have an engineering capability in-house. And they really are looking for that external partner to come in, you know, pair with them, not necessarily sort of, uh, be a commando, jump in, jump out, but really, really pair with the business, understand their core objectives, and help them achieve um, what it is they're trying to accomplish in in a reasonable, patterned way. Okay, so the majority of our audience isn't Google or Adobe. They're entrepreneurs. They own their own businesses, however big or small those might be. Are there companies that you work with like that on like the small, the SMB side, like not the billion dollar corporations yeah. of the world? It, that's great. And yeah, absolutely. So about, you know, it, it varies, but about 25 to 35% of our clientele uh, from a sort of total number of clients standpoint uh, are those small and uh, mid-sized businesses as well as sort of the, the entrepreneurs. And in fact, for those entrepreneurs that we served, where they've come to market with kind of a brand new idea, uh, we, we have a batting average of about one out of 10 of those companies where somebody starts something from just absolute scratch, goes on to either raise significant amounts of capital or uh, ends up getting acquired. So we have, we, have a, we have a batting average that would make a VC firm blush. Awesome. So what are some of the biggest mistakes business owners make when looking for software development? I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes that business owners make when they're looking for software development is they're trying to solve everything as opposed to building a really specific can opener that opens a specific type of can. And the danger of that is, of course, you get into a situation where you've built a solution that solves many problems a little bit as opposed to one solution that solves a really specific problem really well. And basically trying to reinvent the wheel or do too many things, uh, you get into a situation where you don't have enough dry powder to focus on solving a core problem in the market. Okay. And how do you help them determine what problem, what that one most important problem is and how software that may not exist that you guys are creating, right? Can help solve that. Great question. So we'll sit everybody down, uh, designers, solutions, architects, uh, engineers, client, if they don't already have it, we're going to walk them through a process where we define exactly what it is they're trying to accomplish. And then we're going to say, okay, what is the most important thing here? And we're probably going to repeat that question five or six times and try to point out and define specifically what is the core objective that they're trying to accomplish? What is the real problem they're trying to solve? And then we're going to build a path for development. We're going to build 
a development plan around that core objective. And we're going to say these other things are superfluous. We're going to put them aside. Those are what are called backlog items. And we're going to build this core thing. And you're going to ask us to go build those other things periodically. We're going to tell you no. That's refreshing because probably most software companies would try and say yes to everything and result in a bigger scope of work. Correct. So we've been in business for 10 years. And the thing that we have observed is that when the clients are successful with that one core objective, that one core thing, then they're able to go accomplish those other objectives and build those other tools. So scope will naturally expand, but as a result of success, not as a result of, you know, intended scope creep or one of these things. Got it. Okay. So what do you like best about what you do? Probably, probably the best thing is that it is never boring. We're, we're constantly building new things. And speaking of sort of your audience, we have folks who have just tremendous, tremendous like ideas. They're bringing, they're bringing something that's brand new, doesn't exist on the market, or maybe there's something that's somewhat, somewhat close, but doesn't solve a problem in a particular way. So we're building bleeding edge things, things that have never been made before. We are taking ideas that may be in sort of disparate arenas and sort of combining them into software products. I think that's, that's got to be the best thing. That is very cool. All right. So what, with all the success you've achieved, I mean, you've worked with some household name companies. I mean, what's your biggest challenge now? The biggest challenge is hiring and it's hiring quality folks. Um, you know, we, our HR department <laughs> is very busy and we have a very, very uh, stringent hiring process and probably one out of, you know, every hundred people that we talk to are people that would be qualified to come in. And as we grow, that problem gets magnified, right? Because people who've been here for maybe five, six years, they want to look to other things. Maybe they want to go out on their own and start, start their own product. And so we, we have to with train new you know, talent, and then we have to sort of uh, keep the talent that we have very engaged, very interested and in working on fun, new, challenging things. Awesome. How are clients finding you? Clients are mostly finding us uh, both via you know, sort of podcasts like this, but then also uh, on the web, right? So we, we spend a lot of time to curate our image around both, both the site. We put out a lot of content, a lot of written content. Uh, and then, of course, we're also sort of well represented on a num- number of ma- major sort of public directories. Uh, that, uh, that's, that's primarily how we're marketing ourselves. Okay. And you talked about the HR department being very busy. How do you hire fast enough and scale like that? Because you need physical people to program, right? That's, that's correct. So the, 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 the reality is that even, let's say right now, we're in a little bit of a downtime. Um, we have our HR department has a, basically a quota that they need to hit for people that we're interviewing. And we constantly have candidates who are available to come in, uh, whether or not we need them, because... The reality is that you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you need to be ready for it. And so we always have candidates who are available and interested in, in moving over and, and uh, we try to stay ahead of that curve. That makes a lot of sense. What is it, um, what are some of the common misconceptions companies have about software development? Because you see the, I mean, the stereotype of the coder working 24 hours a day, Twinkies and Jolt Cola, um, I mean, what are, what are some of the misconceptions that you have to deal with? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest misconception deals around sort of intellectual property, right? People think that like, you know, you're going to steal my idea or you're going to take, you're going to take my code and then go compete against me. Uh, the reality is 
you know, we, we deploy across about 75 different technologies. We don't have uh, the marketing and operational capabilities to step outside of our current structure and take somebody's idea and then sort of run with it. And so, um, of course, we sign NDAs and we assign all that intellectual property over to the person in uh, our contract, right? Because we, again, we're just, we just want to do the plumbing. We don't really want to go sell, you know, sell the business for you. Um, and I think the biggest concern that people have is that, you know, we're going to, we're going to steal their idea or steal their code and go compete against them. But we're structurally just not even able or remotely close to being able to do that. Makes sense. All right. So for our viewers and our listeners who are watching and want to learn more about maybe how a custom software project could help their business, where is the best place for them to go? Best place to go is zibtech.com and check out our process page. We also have a really powerful set of resources on our resources pages. And those are really great guides that sort of guide you through, you know, here's, here's what it takes. Here's a, here's a development guide. Here is uh, our process and how we're going to basically help get you to that core vision, get you to that, that, that thing you actually need to solve for and then get rid of all the superfluous stuff and then get you down the road. Got it. All right. That makes a ton of sense. Um, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. Uh, Ian Reynolds from ZibTech, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's been great. Thank you very much. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. Just uh, before, before we wrap up, one more question. What are some of the problems? How would I know as a business owner if I need a custom software development? Like how do I know what's the red flag that says I, the off the shelf, whatever it is, won't work. I need yeah. something done for me. Yeah, so you've, you've already answered sort of part of that question is A, off the shelf won't work. And B, if you were to hire for it, you would have to maintain that person or have that person basically like do that one thing in perpetuity. It needs to be something that you can solve and then add value to your clients or business in the sense that you're, you're able to focus on quality for what you're delivering for your clients as opposed to just adding another sort of brick to the wall, so to speak. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Ian from ZibTech. Thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks to be here. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.